Father, we thank you for your presence tonight, Lord Jesus. Father God, we just exhale. Let all the things, Father God, that would try to hinder us from hearing your word tonight go. We just lay them at your feet tonight, Father. Father, worry and doubt and unbelief. Father, stress. Father God, we lay it down at your feet tonight. We want to hear your peace, Lord. We want to hear your word tonight. Father, we thank you for your presence tonight. We glorify your name in all the earth, Lord. Thank you, Father, that our hearts and our ears and our mind is open to receive your word tonight. In Jesus' precious name. Well, good evening, church. Uh, somehow the drummer got a hold of the mic, as you can tell. Um, Pastor offered me an uh, opportunity to stand in front of you tonight and share a little bit. And so um, I'm, I'm a little excited. You know, this is just kind of what we do in the back. We're just going to bring it up forward and in, involve you all tonight. So um, I'm going to open us up with some prayer, and then we'll get into it and have a good time. So. Father God, Lord, we thank you for the opportunities that you put in front of us each and every day, Lord. I pray that you get me out of the way today, Lord, and that there's ears and, and hearts in this room willing and, and, and wanting and desiring to accept, Lord, what you are trying to say tonight. Uh, so give us, give us peace, Lord. Make it go smoothly in Jesus' name. and Amen. Awesome. So um, I guess you guys really don't know, but in the back, we've been, we've been doing a good bit with uh, Real Student Ministries. Uh, I'm excited. We're getting stuff kicked off, and we're doing a lot of different uh, things and, and different ideas. And so um, with that, we've been talking a lot about change. Um, and how many of you all know that change sometimes can be a painful thing? Um, change is, is always a vulnerable place in our lives. It's always a time when we're trying to figure out, you know, should I really be doing this? And there's a lot of contemplating, well, this isn't comfortable, so is this what I should be doing, right? Um, and so, you know, in the back, we, we talked about embracing our vulnerabilities, but we also begin to talk about letting our heart change the way that it should. You know, when we accept Christ into our hearts, a lot of times we're at this place to where we have good knowledge of the word and good morals. And so behind that, we think that we're okay. We think, you know, well, I can say John 3.16, and I know what this says and what that says, Philippians 4.13, and I, I don't curse every time somebody steps on the back of my shoe. So I'm good, you know. Our morals and our, and our knowledge of Scripture is what we think is good enough for us. And so we begin to talk about how our hearts, our own fleshly hearts, are the, are the things that deceive us the most. Our hearts are the first ones that try to validate us and try to justify us for sinful actions um, by kind of throwing up different things. Well, you, you didn't say this, but you could have said this, you know. You know, there's times when people offend us and they, and, they, and they hurt us and they get us down deep. And, you know, there's things that we could have said, but we refrain. So we're okay, you know. But instead, you know, there's, there's a difference between refraining from doing what I guess you could do and operating in full grace, like Jesus Christ did, right? And so, uh, we were talk like I said, we've been talking about our heart changes and, and the nature of our own hearts. And so, we began to look at maybe how we should be if we were operating in the nature of Jesus Christ's heart. What is Christ's nature, right? And so, 
kind of like I do back there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of ask on you guys. Like, what do you guys think would put you in the nature of Christ? Anybody have, a, have an idea? What's, what's, an, what's an action or, or something that you can do that would, that would put you in the place of acting in the nature of Christ? Speaking love. Okay. Uh, what else? No one else? Okay. Well, um, Christ made it pretty easy for us. Um, and it's something that we're going to kind of look at. So um, I kind of put a little definition, and uh, I made a definition for the word disciple. You know, the Lord said the Great Commission. By the way, fun fact, the Great Commission was only called the Great Commission after the fact. Um, before our Bible got canonized, nowhere else in the Scripture does it get called the Great Commission. So that's a fun fact, something you can hold on to. Um, but... Lord pretty much, the Lord pretty much puts it in a plain perspective for us. And so I'm going to start out, I'm going to read the definition that I kind of wrote for a disciple, and then we're going to read the Great Commission, okay? Uh, the definition is going to be, for disciples, is going to be someone who studies the life of Christ to apply it to their life and strive to be like Christ, just to turn around and teach the teachings of Christ, Okay? So if you guys realize, it kind of makes a big circle. I don't know if you remember biology from back in the day, but it's kind of like the water circle. It just makes a big, never-ending circle. Um, and so that's going to be our definition for disciple. Now let's, let's look in the Great Commission. Uh, so that's going to be Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Um, it's something that we're all probably really familiar with, but we're going to go ahead and read it anyways. It says, Go therefore and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always until the end of age. Okay? So, um, as we read that, you know, we all kind of take that as a place of, well, this is, you know, he says go and make disciples, so I need to get about going and making disciples, and I need to be doing this and doing that and doing this. And... Uh, a lot of times we don't really try to look at the context of the different word uses that they used back in the day. So um, the Greek word go, as said in this scripture, uh, just means to carry over or to continue on, right? Uh, so the words go and make disciples should pretty much emulate just us acting out the definition that we just put into place that, that defined Disciple, okay? Um, basically, what we're looking at here is, is, is Jesus is saying, go thinking, you know, using the, um, the teachings that you have from me, so the studying that you've done in me, applying it to your life and striving to be like me to teach others, okay? So if you realize by saying, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe the only thing that really requires action in this is to go. Because if you're going, you're already teaching by, by creating disciples, by going and making disciples. If you're going and doing what he's told you to do, if you're going and making disciples, you're already teaching. It's a circle. We see that. That's what he's saying here. And so I feel like the church today has gotten confused of what outreach is. Our outreach is rather events and planned things that we do rather than our daily lives, our day-to-day -day go. 
right? You know, I, I think of it myself. I've c confused myself at times where I've got so amped up. Well, we need to do outreach. And we do need to do outreach. I'm not saying that we don't. That's only part of the key, though. You know, we get in this mindset that it's all about the events and the planning and the concerts and the walking the park and the hand and brochures. But we tend to forget sometimes that our go should be our main, you know, uh, calling tool. The, the main thing that people kind of catch on to and they're like, whoa, like, this guy's different. Um, and so I feel like we as Christians have, have found ourselves trying to be more relevant to the world than trying to be salt to the world. You know, we kind of talked about it a little bit in Bible study. Uh, it's harder to, and you know, in the workplace, it's harder to tell a Christian from a non-believer. It's hard to tell. Like, somehow we've gotten so relevant that we're not even noticeable anymore. And that's a scary place to be. You know, I did a little study, and I found that in the United States of America, there's a lot of people being, there's a lot of babies being born. There's a lot of people being born. It's just pop, 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 baby, 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 born, born, born. And you know, the Lord began to show me there's more babies being born than there are people being born again. We have more physical births, more physical births than we do spiritual births. That's a scary place to be. You know, and I think, I think that that's been going on for a little while now, and so now we're starting to see the effects of it. You know, if we look at our politics and we look at different things, our leadership in today's society, and we look at all these different things, we see that not everyone is really living a, a Christ-like life. They're not living the way a disciple should be. You know, and they're getting so relevant to the other people around, to the people that are born, 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 but not born again. And it's, and it's so easy to be skewed and to be leaned toward that relevant idea, just to be relevant. And so uh, I, I petition you to think about Jesus. You know, Jesus was a radical. Uh, Jesus was a radical. Jesus wasn't always relevant to everyone, you know, and, and you can look at that and you can be like, well, you know, Jesus was relevant because people weren't, you know, think about it like this. Think about the, the many times men in power tried to kill off Jesus. Why, why would they do that? Anybody want to give a wild guess why they would try to kill off Jesus? Apart from the fact that he was radical, that he was changing things. You know, we talk about it when we see the atmosphere is changing and things are changing and things inside of us are changing. But we're sitting here and somehow we've got to this idea that Jesus was relevant, you know, and we're trying to we're trying to sit here and embody what Jesus would be in today's society. But we're just we're just going along with it. We're laughing at the same jokes. We're going to the same joints, bars. We're going to the same, you know, parties. We're going and we're, we're communicating with these people. And instead of trying to be a, a salt to that and a light to that. We're simply just, ah, you know, <laughs> I'm Christian. I'm a, I'm a real Christian. You know, I, I can have fun. And, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm going to come, but I'm not going to partake in anything. You know, but we're, but we're not showing our stance on what we feel like Christ would be like, right? We're not showing what Christ would do. And so, <laughs> Jesus' love outweighed his comfort for us. You know, we're, we're at this place where we'd rather be comfortable 
around our peers than we would be, you know, saving them, to, to be showing them how to live out a Christ-like life. And so we find, our, we find ourselves today, I feel like we find the church as a whole in this place of, of comfort, you know. And, and we're standing here and we're saying, you know, well, I'm a Christian and I'm doing all these things and I'm, and I'm praying and I'm believing and I know the Lord's going to come and he's going to touch and he's going to do this and he's going to do that. And he can and he's going to do stuff. But we're simply taking the lazy seat. And, and I've talked about it in, in, in the back with the guys, you know, in Real Student Ministries. And we've talked about how there's a difference in waiting and actively waiting for things to happen. There's a difference in praying and actively praying. There's a difference in all of that. And, and, and the, the key word is active. What does it mean to be active? It means to be progressive. Okay. And so when you think about that, I mean, just think about it in just your prayer life, you know. What does it mean to be praying and to be actively praying? I, I've mentioned it in the back. T.D. Jake said it best to me. He says, um, I once knew a man, and he stood at a mountain. He put his finger out to it, and he began to pray. He said, Lord, move this mountain. Lord, and, and, and he play, prayed this elaborate, beautiful prayer. It sounded gorgeous. It was, it was what a Christian would think a prayer should sound like. That's what it was. It was, a, it was a wordy, just beautiful prayer. And he put his finger out it, and he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed, and the Lord dropped a shovel at his feet. And he looks at the shovel, and it lays there. And he turns back and points his finger, and he begins to pray at the mountain again. You know, the Lord laid what he needed at his feet. The Lord gave him what he needed at that time, you know. He was too busy praying to actively pray. He was too busy. He, I mean, he, he stood on the word, and we commend him for that. He stood on the word, and he was persistent. He knew that prayer works, and he knew that if he had the faith that the mountain would move, the mountain would move. But the Lord dropped a shovel at his feet. Have we gotten in a place where we're lazy as Christians? Have we gotten in a place to where we'd rather be comfortable than be different. We'd rather be relevant than be different. So I ask you, have, have we as Christians fallen into a, a cancer of complacency? Are we complacent? You know, I'd like to say that a lot of us nowadays aren't complacent and that we're, you know, we're not trying to be comfortable and we're not trying to be relevant to the world and we're not trying to do all these things. But I find myself as I, as I, as I, Honestly, evaluate my go, my go, my go and make. As I honestly evaluate the way that the church is going and making disciples, it sure does seem like we say we care a lot more than we do. So I'll ask you this. Do we have as much zeal as we say we do for the kingdom? Do we really care? Let me tell you something that, that we as, as people do. It's, it's a funny thing, actually. We talk. Pop, 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 pop. Popping them gums. We steady talk. Some, some of us talk more than others. I'm a talker. I talk a whole lot. A whole, whole lot. I talk more than I should, to be honest. You know? But we talk. And if you truly evaluate 
when we talk and when we're in that place of talking? What do we talk about? In a place where no events have really gone on, we're sitting in this place of, you know, just waiting out time maybe. Maybe we're at a doctor's office and we're sitting and this person beside us is talking to us. What do we talk about? Anybody want to throw out anything? Something that's a, that's a relevant thing? The weather. Okay, see the weather. Um, I know parents, they talk a lot about their kids. You know, well, my kid, she's, uh, you know, in Mississippi College, she's going to be a, you know, and, and that's what we start doing. We start talking about the things that are important to us. We talk about the things that are important to us. We talk about the things that we're excited about. You know, um, I, I can remember back when the Indianapolis Colts got Andrew Luck as our quarterback. I was excited. I was excited about it. And what did I do? I, I was like, Dad, you know what? This is the year. We, I know we're losing Peyton Manning, but this guy, he's something special. I'm telling you, I promise you, this is what we need. This is, this is where our program is going. He's a young face who has a heck of an arm. He's going to throw it 50 yards every time. It's perfect. We, this is the guy we need. And I'm excited, and I'm, and I'm jumping up and down inside. So that's what I talk about. Do we talk about what we're passionate about? I'd say 90% of our conversation that isn't spurred by somebody else is that we bring up has to be linked to something we're passionate about. Music, you know, music. I'm passionate about music myself. Music is something that I love to talk about. It's, it's something that's easy for me. If I hear somebody's, you know, even has interest in music, it's easy for me to say, okay, well, well, this is it. So you get the picture. We talk about things that are, that are important to us, things that are exciting to us, things that are passionate uh, to us, you know, things we're passionate about. We talk about these things. So let me ask you a question. If we had as much zeal for lost souls as we like to say we do, why aren't we talking about testimonies? If, if we're at this place to where we really, really care and we're really excited about growing the kingdom and we're really excited about reaching people and discipling people and doing all of these things, why don't we hear about it? You know, I don't want you to raise your hand, I, I don't, I, but I want you to tell me, you know, think, think in yourself, evaluate yourself. Who has led somebody to Christ this week? Okay. So you have your number. Who's led someone to Christ in the past month? Okay. So you have that number. Who's led somebody to Christ in the past six months? You know, it's easy for us and it's, and it's, it's, it's comfortable for us to say, well, you know, I'm Christian and I'm about the Lord's work and I'm excited to reach people and I'm excited to do outreach and I'm excited to touch people's lives and I'm excited to share the gospel and I'm excited and I'm excited and I'm excited and I'm excited. So why is it that our numbers aren't matching up to our zeal that we have, to our excitement that we have, to our passion that we have? Where's the difference lie? Uh, you know, if we, if we cared half as much about it as we said we do, we'd see those numbers.
you know. I think about it, and, I, and, I, and the Lord convicts me myself. You know, I think about it on Sundays. It's football Sunday. You know, it's church, you know, it's church, but then it's football Sundays, NFL games. And how many times, literally right after church service, do I have more to talk about sports and the games that are coming and the stats that are going to come and the fantasy relevance that it has to me and all these things? How much more excited am I to talk about that than to talk about maybe ways to reach the loss? This is on Sundays. This is on what Westerners say is our Sabbath. This is, this is the day that we're supposed to devote to the Lord. You know, and, and I've heard it talked about, you know, where they used to close the stores on Sundays so that you could go home and be in the presence of the Lord. We're literally at a place now where we care more about what's going on in the NFL after church than we do about going out and practicing what we just heard, what we just learned, what we just were taught. And so the Lord began to convict me on my focus. He began to, he began to really show me where my, where my level of zeal is at. You know, I, I can proudly say that I'm Christian. I can say, yeah, the Lord is inside my heart. You know, I'm actively seeking him on a daily basis. I'm actively trying to be a disciple of him. I'm actively in this place of, of, of prayer. But am I getting comfortable and, 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 and leaning more towards the relevance and the comfortableness of the world than I am to be that salt and that light, you know? And I find myself, you know, I can say, well, I read my word on a daily basis and I pray to God on a daily basis and I try to live my life like Christ would on a daily basis. But that's only half of, of, of the Great Commission. That's only half of, of what, you know, we're called to sit here. If we go back to our definition, it says someone who studies the life of Christ. So that's, you know, being in his presence, being in his word, to apply it to their life and strive to live like Christ. So that's me going out and me trying to live it out. So why am I not seeing, why am I not seeing and turning around and teaching? Why am I not seeing the numbers that come behind that? They should come behind that. Am I too relevant? Is my zeal at a place to where it's more in my heart than it is in my actions? We talked about our heart in the back. Uh, last Wednesday, and, and we talked about, like I said earlier, it deceives us. And the Lord's been convicting me, you know, how many times am I in a sinful nature and my heart's trying to say, well, you're a Christian and you do this, this, and this, and so therefore you're good. You can still operate in that, in that action. Well, the same thing, the Lord begins to show me, you know, yeah, like you're Christian and you're doing all these things, but why is it that sometimes our numbers as a whole, and, and think of it as for yourself, you know, you're Christian, you do good things, and you live, I think everyone in here lives a good moral and, 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 and good Christian lifestyle, somebody that's striving to be like Christ. So why is it that our numbers are down? You know, we've gotten relevant. We've decided to be relevant and comfortable than we have to be different and salty. <laughs> There's a little term nowadays, salty, it means like she tripping, but when I say salty, I mean like salt of the world, so y'all get me. Um... So I petition you to really look deep down into yourself. Begin to evaluate your go. You know, it's easy for us. It's, it's, it's natural for us as, as humans in fleshly nature 
to be able to try to validate ourselves. It's, it's more than just validation at this point. We're not called to, to do enough. We're called to do as much as possible. And I think that's where we get confused. You know, Jesus didn't come down and he wasn't born here and he didn't heal one guy and say, well, now they know that I have the power to do that. I'm Jesus Christ and I'm out of here. We'll see y'all later. He didn't do that. That was not what Jesus did. He didn't come and do enough. He came to do as much as he could. He came to be radical. And so I have a couple of questions. I like to end in the back with a, with a couple of questions just for you to kind of chew on. Uh, where is our focus? You know, we like, to, we like to say as Christians that our focus is for the things of the Lord and for adding to the kingdom, but is our focus really there? It's, it's convenient to say that our focus is, is there because we know that it should be. Do we care as much as we think we do? You know, let me tell you something. It would be great. It would be, it would be phenomenal if we cared as much as we thought we did. If we put as much focus and emphasis and zeal into it as we thought we did, we'd be, we'd be great right now. The world would be in a, a completely different place. The church would be booming. And not just this church, I'm talking about a church as a whole. The church would be booming if we did as much as we thought we did. So which side do we fall on? Are we falling on this side of relevance and comfort? Are we falling on the side of, of, of what's comfortable? Are we vulnerable with it? Are we falling on the side that Jesus fell on? Are we falling on the side of are we falling on the side of the of the radical? Which side are we on? You know? And I feel like some of us were at different places, we're kind of in the middle, but you know we're called to be like Christ was and he was radical. I'm gonna tie it all back around. Do I base my life off that definition of disciple? Do I live every day trying to live out the Great Commission? Do I live every day trying to be somebody who studies the Word and the life of Christ to apply it to, to my life and strive to live it out just to turn around and go teach others, just to, just to reach the lost souls? And Do I apply that to my life? Do I honestly, truly look at myself on a daily basis and say, what more can I do? Or am I like, well, I've done enough so far. You know, so far, this, is, this has been easy selling. I, you know, maybe I come into contact with a lost soul once or twice, you know, that I actually am able to lead to Christ, you know, that comes convenient. Sometimes it's, you know, last week, I led somebody to the Lord. Well, let me tell you all something. The same number that we looked at earlier, where more people are, are being born than born again, that, that happens every day. You come in contact with more people that are lost or maybe even claiming to be at a place, but they're, but they're, they're in this place of knowledge and, and, and good morals. You come, in a, you come into contact people with a daily basis that you can, that you can disciple, you know? And discipleship is a funny thing because to be a disciple, you know, to, to disciple, you have to be a disciple. You can't be one without the other. It's a never-ending cycle. You can't just say, well, I'm going to be a disciple today and not be in the Word and not be 
a true disciple of Christ. It doesn't work that way. And as I look back, I, I remember in prayer Sunday night, um, David shared, he said, you know, Isaiah 61, he said, it's time for us to regain focus. You know, and I added to that, it's time that we honestly gauge our passion and we fix it if it needs to be. It's time that we look at our lives. You know, we're in this place right now, we're in this building right now, and, and we're desiring growth as a, as a church. You know, the Lord spoke to me a while back, actually, and he said, to grow, you first must grow. For growth, it takes growth. It's, it's pretty simple. A lot of people are like, well, duh, but no, seriously, like it takes individual growth from all of us to grow. It takes all of us being that disciple to reach and to disciple others around us, to add to our fellowship. Do we find ourselves being in the true nature of Christ? Do we find ourselves having the desire to be in the true nature of Christ? Do we find ourselves being, having that desire to, to be a disciple, to reach lives, to reach lost souls? Or would we rather just say, hey, I'm Christian, I go to church, you know, Sunday, and after that, you know, I go home, I may, I may pray before I eat, I may pray before I go to bed, somebody asks me for prayer, I may say a prayer that I've heard somebody else say, then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian. Are we in the Word daily? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father God, you heard what was said tonight, Lord. And I pray that, that hopefully, Lord, there was somebody's heart that was, that was open, Father God, and that you pricked it, Lord Jesus. I pray that there's a longing and a desire to seek you further, Father God. I pray that each and every one of us on a daily basis begin to seek out our own lives and seek out our own goal. Seek out our own way of, of, of living, Father God, and, and try to align it to you, Father God. I pray that our focus gets back in line. I pray that we care as much as we like to say we do, Father God. I pray that you begin to touch lives and you begin to, to, to pour out your blessings on us as we, as we understand and we realize, Lord, we need more of you day, daily and daily. Lord, give us the words to say in our day-to-day -day life, Lord. Give us a heart after you, Father. You know, sometimes, Lord, I find myself relevant. I'd rather be comfortable, Lord. And I pray that you take that from me. I pray that you take it from everybody in this room, Father God, that, that our desire isn't to be relevant and be comfortable anymore, but it's to be radical. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the blessings that you give us daily. Lord, you're, you're great. You're more than we deserve. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, so it's a little bit different tonight. It's a little bit different atmosphere. We do things a little bit different in the back. Uh, I usually do a lot more of question asking, but you guys seemed a little bashful tonight, so we'll leave it to be. I want to thank you guys for the opportunity to share with you tonight and 
Pastor, I want to thank you for opening the pulpit to me. Um, I'm excited what God's doing in our groups. I'm excited what God's doing with our church. I'm excited what God's doing within my own heart. I'm excited to see what God's going to do when I give him my heart. And when I'm out in my go, my go. And and I'm excited to see what he's going to do with that. Mark, tonight you were um, right on with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church right now. In the middle of worship, as we were worshiping the Lord, the Lord showed me this box. And it was a square box. And I was, uh, when I was looking at it, I was like, Lord, what is that box? And as, as I was seeing the box, it was skewed and it was turned. And it was like it was on the one little corner of the box. And I was like, Lord, what is this? And he said, this is my church that is stuck in the box. I said, Father, what do you mean? He said, I said, Lord, why do you say we're stuck in the box? He said, they are taking so much stock in the building itself that it's causing my church to be skewed. And I said, skewed, Lord? He said, yes, skewed towards the needs of the church and keeping it going and cleaned and decked out. They are skewed in the call that I have called them to do. They have not been reconciling men back unto me, but they have been trying to make church programs to draw men into the four walls of the box, the church building. They have been praying and seeking me and asking me, Lord, how do we get people to stay into this box? How do we get them to come to this box? Oh, church, hear this tonight. This is not what the Father has called us to. He said, go. He said, go into all the world, make disciples of Jesus Christ. He said, my church has gotten this wrong. He said, tell my church to get out of the box and get back to the call of bringing them to the Father, bringing them to the cross. Go as ministers that I have called you to be. Draw them. The harvest is fields are full and ready to be reaped, says the Father. Leave the place of comfort. Leave the place of the box. Open the box and go. And go. And you just said that with your mouth. It's in the go. The Father is calling us to get out of the box. He's called us for a specific reason, for a specific purpose, and that is to bring men back unto Him. Not to draw people to the box awesome word tonight good word tonight awesome will you guys be blessed tonight thank you again for opening up tonight to me and accepting something a little bit different and uh, excited to see maybe the Lord will open up the opportunity again so be blessed